0: The following contest is scheduled for one fall. I've seen that man before, that's Randy Phil. The other one's some kind of half-man, half-monkey. It's a massive duplex and not one dragon in sight. Hello, all you beautiful, sweaty marks, you glorious shaggers. Happy New Year. Welcome to the new year. New us. Well, same old shit, really. This is the beginning of of the TBS era, the TBS era begins. Right, well, I'm Mikey Mack, episode 48, Snapdragon Duplex, we took a break, we were tired, Christmas, New Year, I was working, Randy was drunk, is what it is, let's pass you over to Randy Full to talk us through
1: Dynamite. Hello Mikey, hello Marks, hello Shaggers, so we're back with more Snapdragon Duplex, We've made it a full year. We've not been cancelled. Congratulations to us. Congratulations. So last episode we covered winter is coming. We missed another couple of weeks just due to holidays. I got the fucking COVID. Mm. Mickey got stuck out at work. Yeah. But now he's home. He's taking care of business. I'm at work. I'm taking care of everything else. Yeah. So before we go on and we covered dynamite on TBS, here's a couple of thoughts on what I've had. Shit, just to share. And starting off with a high note, good old JR, the voice of wrestling, he's back on commentary. Good to have him back, wishing him good health. Yeah. Hope he's on his way for writing that book, The 50 Years, Half a Century in Wrestling. Absolutely. I'm buzzing, keep an eye out for it. Secondly, Kyle Riley has joined. He is all elite, but he is not the elite. So we don't have the elite and Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, no matter how much we wanted it. Bobby Fish and Kyle Riley have reformed their tag team, Red Dragon, but that's only they two, so it's Red Dragon and Adam Cole, so he's <laughs> not officially part of that team yet, so we'll see if the three of them have their own wee trio's name at some point. So, Red Dragon, Dragon's in the name, Kyle Riley, Bobby Fish, official boys of the show. Yes. If they're not boys of the show, I'll have them, they can be Randy's boys, but I don't mind sharing boys of the show. And we've had a couple of signings and debuts in AEW since we last spoke. We've got Mercedes Martinez, yep. who was in NXT. I think she was more of a coach for WWE. And yeah. Jake Atlas. We'll cover Jake Atlas at some point. Finally, last thought. The judge stipulation for the world title belt. That was the best way to go for that match. No fucking cage match, no ladder match judges deciding at the time limit who wins that's why tony can makes the decisions and i fucking sit on my couch and watch what he tells me to watch so now that we've got all of that covered let's get into things let's kick off dynamite on tbs the first show of the year the first review of the year kicking things off with the rematch of the year it wasn't even a match it's a fight it was the aew world championship The hangman, Adam Page, the champ, putting his belt on the line, defending against the American Dragon, Brian Danielson, in a hell of a fight. The judges announced for the match at ringside, Mark Henry, Jerry Lynn and Paul White, in case it goes to the time limit draw. Spoilers, it didn't, but let's get into this fight, and it was a fight, it wasn't a match, it was brutal, it was bloody, it was a struggle for both men. And it was emotional for me to watch. A double-blade job. We love a blade job on this show. So we're already off to a fucking very good start of this week in AEW. During the match, I loved Brian Danielson's showboating, the jumping jacks, the arrogant, the heel. Love everything about it. I enjoyed Adam Page just fucking hitting back with it. Anything you can do, I can do better. So I'm just going to skip to the end because we've got a lot of shit to get through for this show. Both men were exhausted in the ring. Hangman Adam Page finally manages to hit Brian Danielson with the buckshot larry after the third attempt or so. And he picks up the win in an incredible fight. The match time was 29 minutes and 6 seconds. And you know Paul White was getting paid by the minute because as soon as the bell rings before Adam Page even gets the belt you can see Paul White standing up and starting to leave the chair of the judges and just fucks off. So, yes, Adam Page, successful retaining, brilliant match. What did you make of it? Who's the next challenger going to be for Adam Page? The current number one contender is Adam Cole, but it's far too soon for us to see Adam Cole versus Adam Page, is it? I think so. And what's next for Brian Danielson? Do you think he's a full-on heel now? Or is he a tweener? Is he going to be hanging about a title pitcher for long? Or where does he go from here?
0: Well, I thought it was a great match. It was a 30-minute barnstormer. Clean finish for Page. Buckshot Lariat. Both men bladed. A double BJ. Blade Job. Yeah, it was fucking class, man. I really enjoyed it. Where does Brian Danielson go from here? I don't really know. Um, I feel like he has to get out the title picture. That's the way AEW do it. They don't keep you lingering about like WWE. This is the end of that feud and he's going to have to go against someone else. Some other top babyface. So, fuck knows who that's going to be. But whoever it's going to be, CM Punk maybe, it's going to be good. Adam Page... Who's next on the rankings? I guess they haven't really been out long enough for them to kind of make proper rankings yet. There'll be people who, everyone who's won will essentially be at the top. So, interesting to see.
1: It's like, again, we go from a really long match to a really short match. We've Mm -hmm. got MJF versus the captain, Sean Dean. Now, I don't know what your thoughts, you might call CM Punk a tactical genius for this one, for showing up, just as the match starts, kicking Sean Dean and hitting him with a GTS to get MJF disqualified, having MJF starting twenty twenty two with a loss, that's not a tactical genius. That's a heel. CM Punk <laughs> is a heel. And I'm to, I'm not wasting time going to fucking reference everything CM Punk was saying on the mic with WWE. Blah 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 blah. blah. We know. I'm just excited that we're finally getting the match that we were promised so long ago. The it's taking us like three months to get here. Finally, CM Punk versus Wardlow. It's been in Tony Khan's notebook for the full gear. We didn't get it there. We're getting it now and that's all we want. Yeah. CM Punk versus Mr. Mayhem happening next week on Dynamite buzzing. Yes. What are our thoughts on that? Do you think MGF's gonna have some shit heel tactic up his sleeve to Absolutely. get involved in this match? Is Mr Mayhem giving CM Punk his first loss? We can we can get it later, but what, what are we saying? Are we cool with MJF CM Punk feud, or should they have saved it for later? No,
0: I mean, we're going to get MJF doing the same thing back. MJF's going to interfere, and then he's going to clatter Wardlow with something, so that Punk gets his first loss. So Punk's first loss is going to be a DQ, the same as what MJF just got. And Wardlow's going to turn on MGF at that point. And I think that's eventually going to build up to a triple threat between them. Or Summon. I don't know how they're going to play it after that. But I think that's going to be the Wardlow turn. Is MGF's like, oh no, but it's cool. you know, like uh, It's fine that I just clattered you with the ring. That's the whole point. That would get CM Punk, right? And Wardlow's going to snap. Anyway, I'm looking forward to a good match before and up until all that shit happens and then i'm looking forward to wardlow snapping mjfc and punk man this is just a great pairing it's a great pairing and it's going to culminate between a match between them both and we're going to have the wardlow thing going on at the same time i think we'll get a snap and then we'll get a bit i don't know but whatever happens i'm excited so we get uh, Jericho backstage, something about fucking he gets Shanghai'd by 2.0. And then we get Adam Cole talking about Jake Atlas backstage, which we'll get to later on because this leads us to.
1: So speaking of Mr. Mayhem, here it goes. We've got Wardlow versus Antonio Zambrano, Zambrano, something like that. It doesn't matter because it's a fucking one. squash match. Helped by the cheap shot of Sean Spears with his C4 Death Valley driver, throws Antonio back in the ring. But Wardlow wants to hit his five power bomb concerto, whatever he does, it he gets the win. And if I five with CM Punk, I would be shitting myself. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else to say about this match? It was a minute and 23 seconds. I'm not going to waste any more time on this because that is still. A minute and 20 seconds longer than what I would last against Wardlow. I'd go in, spunk my load, one, two, three, done.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, would, I wouldn't I would even go in. I would just get counted out. I'd slip into the ring for the bell and slip back out and run away. Um, looks like Sean Spears and Wardlow are kind of on the same page at the end of this. So, yeah... If Wardlow turns on MGF the way I'm saying, I can see MGF being like, cool, I'll give you another chance, it's fine, you know, the heat of the moment, whatever, and we're going to get a Sean Spears, will be the one to clatter Wardlow with the chair after his next match, and um, that'll be how it's properly sealed. That's my theory, we'll see if it goes. My theories are very rarely correct. And I can't imagine this one going against that grain.
1: So we're finally here. After months of what has been a good tournament overall, I would say a couple of dodgy spots, but overall it's been a good ride to get where we are. Definitely. The final of the TBS Women's Championship, that bitch Jade Cargill versus Ruby Ruby, Ruby Ruby Soho in... First things first, I just need to say, see that fucking jacket Ruby's Soho was wearing? It was uncalled for. God save that bitch. I mean, (laughs) Jade Cargo's daughter was at ringside. Have some sort of fucking decorum there. Cool as fuck. That is a fucking heel move. Why are all these people acting heels? Ruby Soho, CM Punk, probably so many more people. Because Cody's doing it. They want to be cool. She calls herself that bitch. Let's go on. For the sake of blasting through it, it was a good match. I liked it. We get to the end whenever, after the whole match, Ruby Soho was selling a dodgy arm. She thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to the top rope with Jade Cargo and hit an arm drag. Jade blocks the arm drag attempt, goes to go for a... Is it an avalanche? Jaded. Tried to do it for the very top rope, but that was, that was looking pretty shaky when she was up there and... Dropped to the second rope, hit the avalanche jaded, got the win, celebrates with the belt, celebrates with her daughter. Happy, good feeling. Mikey, you called this for day one of this tournament. Jade Cargill, new TBS women's champion. How are we feeling about it? I'm buzzing because she 100% deserved it. The commentary said during the match that she's an 11 month pro wrestler, she's been at this for 11 months Ruby Soho, 9 years or something <laughs> Jade Cargill and remember her first match with the mixed tag Red Velvet, Cody and Shaq yes. big improvements since then even yeah. though it's have been mostly fucking squash matches but the likes of this match, she's had some good ones aye, fucking give her the belt too many heels have got the belts but give her this one and let's just enjoy the ride whilst we're here but who is going to be the first challenger for Jade? I'd like to see something like Jamie Hater, so that Britt Baker's crew have got the belts, but doesn't make sense, does it? No. Jamie Hater versus Jade Cargill, unless it was just purely a ranking thing. So if I was going to pick a face, I'd say Ty Conte or Anna Jay, if they are done with the Bunny and Penelope Ford and all that stuff. What are your picks for this?
0: Well, we've got the Mercedes Martinez and Thunder Rosa thing. They both... So, Martinez... Is she Shelly Martinez now? I think she's Shelly Martinez now. She interfered and then was interfered with by Thunder Rosa phrasing. Um, Okay, man, I'm buzzing with this. Jade won. Uh, I I did call it... um, But I think she's the right person to hold the belt. I think she gives it a bit of grand grandiosity. Grandiosity. Um, Avalanche jaded, you're right. She did look a bit dodgy from the top. Dropped it down. Fair play. Rather be safe than looking good. Um, <clears throat> good match. I love the jacket, by the way. Ruby Soho's jacket. Uh, Jade Cargo calls herself that bitch. So it wasn't like she was going, fuck that bitch. She was going, I don't know, it was kind of the same as being like, God save the Doctor, if she was facing Britt Baker. I don't know, man. Um, Who's her next challenger going to be? I think Thunder Rosa. That's what I think. I think uh, there's a reason why she showed face there. And it was just to kind of keep in your head, like, these people are ready for this belt. They're coming to come for this belt. But I see Jade holding it for a while. The first... The first reign of a new belt should be for a while.
1: Next match, we've got Malachi Black versus Flying Brian Jr. And to be fair, Brian Pillman almost lasted twice as long as fellow Varsity Blonde partner Griff Garrison. Who the fuck is that guy? Where the fuck is that guy? (laughs) But it didn't matter. In the end, Brian Pillman attempted a springboard move of some sort through the top rope, fucked it up, fumbled, stands up, And Malachi Black is there to meet him with a roundhouse kick, kicking his fucking head off, picking up the win, easy as that. But what what do you do now? What happens with these guys? Is this just like Malachi Black spunked on the two of them? (laughs) Just thanks for coming, boys. See you later. Or the Varsity Blonde try and come back after Malachi Black go for a two-on-one team up against him, and maybe that's how you debut. Rody king if he has signed with AEW, that's how you get the house of black rolling what were your thoughts on the match was it was it entertaining enough for you was it six minutes or so yeah uh, it was fine it done the job for me what are your thoughts
0: i think it's interesting i think maybe the varsity blondes could be the first inductees to the house of black why not turn him heel have them come out in, like, fucking weird, satanic varsity jackets. That'd be fun. Um, did you notice Julia Hart came out with an eye patch, she looked like a cheerleader for a pirate ship. Um, Brian Pillman, the finish was strange. He slipped on the top rope and then got a black mask for his troubles. And Malachi Black won with a... He was kneeling on his face in the pin... So he totally gave him a, yeah, you got completely minced there, kind of fucking rubbing it in his face. Lucha Bros come out for the save, and there's a lights out, and then when the lights come back on, the Lucha Bros have made their way into the ring, and Malachi Black's just jumped out the ring on the other side and run all the way around, and he's on the ramp now, going like, hey, hey, see how I can get away from you when we turn the lights off. So we're getting a Malachi Black... Feud with the Lucha Bros. I guess the, the on commentary they were saying they're still pissed because of what he'd done to Pack. So I don't think Malachi Black and Pack, Black and Pack, are over yet. I think that's definitely going to continue. We're going to get a Malachi Black feud with the Lucha Bros. Who, spoiler alert, have a bit of a freer schedule now. So I guess they probably will feud with Malachi Black, and if it's a tag team feuding with them. Well, two tag teams. I don't know if the varsity blondes are now done. Maybe, maybe, maybe they are. Then um, maybe that'll be why Brody. What's his name again? It's not. Is it Brody King? Brody King will debut. Funnels knows, man? I'm rambling, right? But Malachi Black's got a feud going on with the Lucha Bros, and Pack is in the background waiting to come back. So that's going to be good. Black versus Pack is going to be good. I'm happy.
1: Alright, we're here the main event of Dynamite already. Quick one for us. So, the Lucha Brothers, the Tag Team Champions versus Jurassic Express. This was a sports entertaining match if I had ever seen one. Absolutely. Well, the first match was match of the night, definitely. But this was a close end. Lucha Brothers still aren't giving a fuck about referee counts, proper tags... And since Jericho mentioned it months ago, I can't not see it. It's a minor complaint. It bothers me a wee bit, but I'll try not <laughs> let it affect me too much. Let
0: someone think about the rules! And again,
1: I'll get to the end, because we've still got Rampage and we've still got Battle of the Belts. So, during all the fucking mid-match chaos, not knowing who's legal, when, and where, or why, Alex Abrahantes begins setting up a table on the outside of the ring. Because of course that's what you do when you're a manager. He gets chased off by Christian. Luchasaurus takes advantage of the table on the outside and goes for a choke slam on Ray Phoenix through it. Ray Phoenix don't know what his thought was. He tries to put his arm down to protect himself going through the table. And he definitely did not protect himself from going through that table. Looked as though he snapped his arm, but I say thankfully it was just a dislocation. So he's not going to be missing too much time from what he was saying himself on Twitter. Maybe a month or two at most. And hopefully we'll see him back. And I'm unsure if an audible was called. I don't think it was. I think the intention was always going to be that Jurassic Express leave with the belts. So whenever Ray Phoenix gets put through the table, fucks his arm, Jungle Boy is in the ring with Penta, Jungle Boy takes a page out of Christian's book, goes for a kill switch, but Penta takes a page out of every other wrestler's book, reverses the kill switch very easily, <laughs> goes to hit the Made in Japan on the Jungle Boy, Yeah, Jungle Boy rolls through, gets a roll-up, gets the pin, and becomes one half of your new AEW World Tag Team Champions. And I'm thrilled. I'm chuffed. Yeah. Because these two were like one of the original... Tag teams are stables of AEW. And I'm happy that they've got some gold. And Christian has succeeded in his job of getting Jurassic Express some gold. So I've got a few things to touch on here. If Penta and Ray Phoenix can't challenge because Ray Phoenix is out due to injury, who are going to be the first challengers for the belts? Well, mid-match, the lights went out and came on. Caught that could have potentially cost the Lucha Brothers the win. They were... In charge of the match before then, was that a genuine technical glitch, or could it be the rumors of this is Malachi Black fucking with them because they're all involved with Pack? Has to be, and this is how they get Brody King in, and it would have been Malachi Black and Brody King versus the Lucha Brothers. Yes, and that's what cost them the tag team titles. Yeah, so if Phoenix is out. That plan could all be fucked. Yeah, you're right. So do you just fucking put the two straight in for a tag team title match, get them to win it, and then the Lucha brothers come back challenging Malachi Black and Brody King for the belts again? Nah. Or do you keep them on Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus yes. for a bit longer? Absolutely. What's your thoughts?
0: You need you need to give Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus a good run with the belts. They deserve it. Um I don't think anyone would be happy if they took the belts off them fast. I think to be honest, this I felt like with the Lucha Bros got them taken off them quite fast, but um, yeah, I mean at the end of it they had like all the tag tag teams in AW came out and they were on the ramp, staring them down, and you're looking going okay, there's loads of good matchups there. So no, I think they should go into a program with someone like the acclaimed, really elevate the acclaimed up to be a, quite a serious tag team who could pose a serious threat and if the, if if Ray Phoenix is out for a while, I mean I didn't even know he'd, he'd injured himself, like, he totally fucked his arm so if he's fucked his arm it depends how bad it is I guess right um, if he's out for a while you might have to put that story on ice unless Pat comes back but I mean with that death triangle stuff they just kind of throw people in and out they'll throw fucking Eddie Kingston back into it I don't know I don't know, do you keep Malachi Black and Brody King involved with the Varsity Blondes? Because I suppose you could just keep carrying that on and do a House of Black thing like I mentioned. Like, do you do a whole thing of like, oh, I'm going to try and corrupt you and do that kind of storyline? Or do you just throw caution to the wind and go, fuck it, we'll just get Malachi Black torturing Penta until Pac comes back? Or Phoenix is fine? The thing about Malachi Black is he doesn't actually have to have matches every week to be relevant. He's like, take her, you just get him to do an entrance. Hit some of a black mass and disappear or torture people backstage and scare people. And, do you know what I mean? So, yeah. Watch this space, I guess. Overall, great match. Loved the tag match. Loved the, the Jurassic Express one. I'm buzzing for them. And it was great to see Christian in there celebrating Happy Days.
1: Right, jumping straight into Rampage, Adam Cole, bye bye versus Jake Atlas. A commentary referenced that these two had competed on the same TV show before, but they would never wrestle each other, so it's weird. Or they said this is their first televised match together. So it's odd that they referenced, they didn't say NXT, but we know they meant, we know that they meant NXT. So yeah, this was my first proper time that I've seen Jake Atlas in a match. I know he was NXT and he was in 205 Live. He was in a the cruiserweight pipe title picture for a while. I don't think yeah. he ever won it, but I never really watched any stuff. Couldn't be arsed. Never really interested me much. It was like one of the basic characters. I wasn't interested in it at all. But fuck me, he's good in the ring. Until he tries to do a fucking springboard. But we'll get there. <laughs> well, we'll get there now. Unfortunately, fucking Ray Phoenix dislocated his elbow in the last match in Dynamite. First match of Rampage. Fucking Jake Atlas goes to springboard Adam Cole. Adam Cole catches him with a super kick. But... Jake Atlas lands funny, dislocates his knee maybe, I don't know if he dislocated it, or if he tore something in his knee, but he went down hard and he was screaming like fuck. Adam Cole went up to the top rope, he went to hit a Panama Sunrise, realising something wasn't right, goes down, just hits Jake Atlas, puts him on the ground and locks him in a knee bar I think it was, but it looked safe the way he put him in it, he forced Jake Atlas to tap, and. Yes, Jake Atlas is also out for a few months now, unfortunately. But it really fucking impressed me in this match. And that's a shame now because I would like to see a bit more of him. But I want to see something with the character. It was boring. It was boring on AST. I need to see something cool. Maybe stick him in a stable with some people. That's where AEW are so good. Just mix people with other people and give me so many people, give me 10 man tag matches but speaking of the big man matches after this one Red Dragon come down to celebrate with Adam Cole they threatened to beat up Jake Atlas which is a bit of kicking the stones I mean the cunt's just fucked his ninjas or wanting to batter him even more Like we're going to really <laughs> put you out for business son Like you just done it to yourself, don't worry Jake Atlas is saved by Orange Cassidy and the best friends, it's not even the best friends was it? Trent wasn't there that I don't fucking know. I'm tired. But we're not done yet. We've still got Adam Cole and Red Dragon versus the best friends. If this continues until Jake Atlas is fit to return, maybe throw him in there with him and he can have another fucking match with Adam Cole saying, You put me out for months and this is my redemption So, what did you make of the match? What do you make of Jake Atlas? Did they impress us? It sure as shit impressed me. Do you think we're going to see Red Dragon and Adam Cole versus the best friends at a pay-per-view? Or do you think it's going to be like one of these big AEW Wednesday night specials that they like to do every now and again? And they'll stick that on as the main event.
0: Okay, so I mean, I guess it depends when the next pay-per-view is. I've just checked and it's the 26th. So a couple of weeks, it's beach break. So that's a dynamite as well. It's a special dynamite. But yeah, they kind of class these as big events. So yeah, I think that'll be up there as one of the big events of that. Red Dragon versus Best Friends. Jake Atlas really impressed me in this match. I'm like you, man. Only watch NXT, big matches, maybe some pay-per-views. Someone I hadn't really paid attention to. I kind of wish I had now. That was uh, good. I actually thought the knee thing was a work. Um, but now that you mention it, I've like looked it up and it wasn't a work. So he says that he won't be gone long, so whatever that means was well, is yet to be seen. But he couldn't do the Panama Sunrise. I was wondering about that. That was such a strange spot and obviously it makes sense now that he just couldn't he couldn't do it. He couldn't do the flip. Fair enough. Yeah. Disputed era versus best friends
1: bring it on. Right, a quick promo backstage. Andrade Alidolo is joined by Tony the Shagger and I like the way that Andrade is going with this gimmick. He's going for the Jeffrey Epstein style gimmick where he (laughs) wants to buy young boys off at older men and then groom them for himself. (laughs) So I guess we're going to see some sort of feud between Darby Sting and Jeffrey or Andrade. Buzzing for that. Any thoughts?
0: I guess Charlotte's Ghislaine Maxwell then.
1: Alright, now I was tempted to skip the next match just to save some time, but I fear Hook too much and I don't (laughs) want to cause any trouble with him. So let's get to it. It is Hook versus Aaron Solo. Hook dominates the majority of the match until QT Martial gets involved. Why is Taz not involved in this fucking match? Why is he not at ringside? Why is nobody in Team Taz at ringside? No idea. Do they all fear Hook? Do they just not want to be anywhere near him? Is he a monster when he gets in the ring? (laughs) Of course he is. Anyway, Aaron Solo, with the upper hand thanks to the distraction, goes for a high roundhouse kick to Hook. Hook blocks it, hits Aaron Solo with a shoulder capture suplex, hits him with some big forearms on the ground, and he locks in the Hook mission formerly known as the Peter Mission, (laughs) also known as Red Rum. Uh. Aaron Solo taps out your winner and still undefeated, Hook. Is Hook going to have a better streak than Goldberg? Yes. I vote yes. Who dares face Hook next? Surely the entire AEW locker room will now fear Hook. You're not going to have any opponents left for him. But... I'll wait until we're live, we're all together and we can have a proper chat about how we want to book Hook, we'll book Hook, book Hook, and we'll all sit down live with our Send Hook shirts that we'll all order on shopaaw.com and we'll just have a Hook fest. <laughs> <You> <laughs> what are our shill. thoughts on Hook?
0: My thoughts are that I fucking fear Hook. Do you know who fears Hook? Fucking Aaron Solo. Do you notice that Aaron Solo's name used to be spelled with a W and he's dropped the W? And I'm guessing the only reason is because all he gets is L's. Um, Hook wins with a red rum. Fear Hook, he's a suplex machine. And he killed QT Marshall. Marshall, shall I say.
1: Alright, next match we've got Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter versus Riho and Ruby, 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 Ruby Soho. I'm going to say it every time because I love it. If I'm going to be pessimistic this match was my least sports entertained match of the week. Yeah, it's boring. So I'm just going to say, it looks as though there's a bit of tension starting now between Brit Baker and Jamie Hayter, a bit more than before, and because of that, a miscommunication happened during the match, costing them the win, giving Riho the advantage, going into the match at Battle of the Belts against Britt Baker, where I was more sports entertained. So, anything that you're wanting to say for this match, because... um. I I am. Um... the t- The title match overshadowed this for me this week, but I've not got anything that I want to say about this. I'm ready to go on to the main event. Sorry, the main event.
0: <laughs> I've got nothing to say about this match, really, man. A bit boring.
1: Sorry, I had to do the main event before that and then come into it because that's exactly what they've done on fucking fake TV, <laughs> and I was raging about it. Why? Why start the match? Tell me the main event's happening, then go to a fucking break. Then come back and tell me what's happening. So this match was much more sports entertaining than the last one. Despite it being a no holds barred, nobody got hurt. I mean you had two normal standard matches, but why was there a fucking table in the Lucha Brothers match? Doesn't matter, street fight, nobody got injured, very sports entertained. I'm not gonna go through all the spots, I'm just gonna give you my spot of the match. I'll give you a like... I'll, I'll put a wee pause in so you can try and guess what my spot of the match was. Of course, it was whenever Matt Lee gets a hold of Tully Blanchard's big bag of cocaine and throws it in the face of Santana. Why is that not <laughs> going to be my spot of the match? It's been a while since we've seen a big bag of cocaine in wrestling and that's what we need more of is cocaine and wrestling. It was a bit of a rushed fucking finish though. It was weird. Santana hits Jeff Parker a discus lariat, and just picks up a win, you're like, for real, that was, that was the end, that Aww, was a win. It's a bit more than that. Um, Well, yeah. I finally learned Matt and Jeff's name. Matt Parker, no, nah, Jeff Parker and Matt Lee. It's Matt and Jeff. The the brothers, aren't they? Matt and Jeff, now we know.
0: <clears throat> Matt and Jeff, After
1: the match, 2.0 and Danny Garcia, the baddies, get the upper hand, they start ductating Eddie Kingston Either. the rope with blue gaffer tape because apparently that's stronger than grey or black. I didn't know that. That's news (laughs) to me. But What? Jericho, who's sitting on commentary decides, "Nana, I'm having none of that. Even though Eddie Kingston doesn't want my help, I'm going down there to help him because Jericho's a baby face. But I mean, they can't be you boys. Now why? Why would you go down and help Eddie Kingston after he's been a cunt to you? guess Jericho's just a better man than all of us fool. So it looks as though this could be a foursome. Eventually, Jericho, Kingston, and Postage and Packaging. <laughs> so, is there going to be a fourth guy that joins 2.0 and Danny Garcia? Do you think it could be a new guy. Do you think it could be an old AEW guy, a oh. guy returning.
0: It's Luther. If I
1: was putting money on somebody, Luther. I'll take Lance Archer. Oh, because shame. where the fuck has he been for where's, the past few months? Where's Luther? What was your thoughts on the match? I liked the match. I was sports entertained. It was just a wee bit fucky, But I had fun. What were your spots in the match? Do you ever notice that no holds barred just means
0: no holds used? Anyway, I popped when the giant Bert Kreischer head was used as a weapon. Matt or Jeff Epstein, I'm not sure which one. I can't remember who's who. Grabbed it and fucking scalped. I think it was Santana with it. Anyway. Trash wrestling, there's bins everywhere, there's fucking, there was chips all over the place, or fries for our American fellows, Um, frites for our Belgians, Uh, chairs everywhere, fucking sticks, stones, fucking broken bones, the ending wasn't just a discus lariat. Right, it was a really nice combo uh, with postage and packaging. You had a leapfrog gone into a super kick, into an Enzagiri, into a discus lariat, into your 1 2 3. And it was a really nice combo. It was, you know, when you see like a really good team goal in the Champions League, like Barcelonians do all the time, and every single player's had a touch of the ball, and then Messi just scalps it in the top corner. It felt like that. It was the wrestling equivalent of a team goal. And I loved it. Let me get the post-match Stramash. Jericho comes off a of commentary with a save. If there's four men, I mean, it has to be Luther. It has to be Luther. Where's Luther? Where is Luther?
1: Where? Right, we're almost at the end. This is Battle of the Belts now. So this, I think this is we're getting four of these a year. Not Battle of the Belts, we're getting four. Saturday Night Specials. AEW on TNT. But I don't think this was advertised all that well because the only one that I definitely knew about was the Britt Baker and Riho where we advertised Cody Rhodes versus Sammy Guevara but Cody Rhodes couldn't make it because of COVID so we didn't have that belt properly defended and then our other match was the FTW belt which isn't recognised as an actual belt for the company. Yep. So, what the fuck are you playing at AEW? Get your act together, eh? (laughs) And we'll kick it off with the first match. Sammy Guevara versus Dustin Rhodes, who was filling in for Cody because he had COVID. Wishing Cody all the best, a speedy recovery. But they were talking as if Dustin was filling in for Cody. And then they said it was actually an interim title match, and if Dustin wins, he would be fighting Cody down the line, as long as he still had the belt at that point. To merge the belts, it made no sense, and I don't like any anymore. Let's just let's get the match, and of course I loved the match because I loved Dustin Rhodes, and I was just disappointed that he lost the match after putting Sammy Guevara through a table with a Canadian Destroyer, yeah. hitting two crossroads. And then he goes to set him up for the pedigree. He went to set him up for the pedigree. He did not go for the Tiger Driver 98 because that is Cody's finishing move. Brothers don't steal brothers' finishing moves. He was going <laughs> for the pedigree. But Sammy escapes it. He hits the pump kick. And he beats Dustin with a fucking roll-up. Yep. Tremendous. So new interim AEW TNT champion Sammy Guevara. Good match. I loved it because I love Dustin. Already said it. Disappointed that he lost. I'm sure there's lots of stuff to get through in this match, but... What have I got? Fuego. Why the fuck did Fuego set that table up? Where did Fuego come from? Well, under the ring, obviously. But if you watch Sammy's vlog, Dustin is Fuego's dad. So why is Fuego trying to hurt his own father? Unless he was setting the table up for Dustin... And he was doing it against Sammy. That makes sense. That's that's what we're going for. Fuego set the table up for Dustin. Yeah. So, overall, what were our thoughts on this match? Obviously, I loved it. Because I've said it five times already. But tell me, why did you love the match?
0: Very bold of you to assume that I love this match. I mean, I do love this match. But it was bold of you to assume. Um... Great match for a really crappy really crappy setup for this match. Like what interim titles? Are we making this a thing now? That's fucking shite. But I guess no, it'd be good to be interim champ if they get it like if the champ gets legit injured, right? And and they have to relinquish the title. Then I'm happy with it to be the interim champ. So do you remember when Finn Balor won the Universal title? and then had to relinquish it the next day because he dislocated his shoulder. They should make it that any champion after that is the interim champ until Finn Balor is healthy enough to come back and then he gets a shot at the belt straight away. And I think that's totally fair. For COVID, or anything like... Like, like Cody's sick. He's not, like... He's not legit injured and going to be out for ages. I mean, hopefully. I mean... Godspeed, Cody, hope you get better soon, but, I mean, if it's only going to be a couple of weeks, why the fuck are they doing this? Do you know what I mean? Like, why wouldn't you just be like, okay, we're not having the match, we'll give Adam Page, he'll fight some rando, um, open challenge thing and he wins, I don't know, do you know what I mean? Like, uh, it felt weird that they were doing it at all because, well, just because Cody couldn't show up. It's not the UFC, is it? It's not like they get fucking punished for not being able to show up. Anyway, we're at where we're at. Great match. Fucking Davy Crockett was there to present the belt. Cool. Um Dustin, who's like hundred years old, whatever, the destroyer to the table was fucking quality, by the way. Yeah, then Danny Garcia comes out to challenge at the end and that's happening on next dynamite. And um I mean, we all know that Sammy's gonna win, but There you go.
1: Second match of the night. Second title match is the title that isn't even an actual title. The FTW match. Ricky Starks versus Matt Seidel. Again, it was another last minute match, wasn't it? I think they announced this on Rampage when no one knew what was happening. Nobody knew how long this show was actually going to be. Yeah. So we didn't know what to expect. But it was a fine match. I won't rush to go back to watch it. But it was pretty cool, nobody expected Matt Seidel to win, and rightly so, because they didn't win, but there was a couple of spots where it looked like he might win here, but if you've got a fucking big beefy powerhouse Will Hobbs at ringside, like, in the middle of the fucking match, where is it? It's just it's just like in the middle of the ringside, it wasn't even tucked away at the side, it was bang, smack, in the fucking middle. <laughs> Made no sense, but Ricky Stark wins with a spear, followed up a Rochambeau and retains that belt that isn't actually a belt. So, who who's who is going to be the next FTW champ? Who? Ricky Stark's won it off Brian Cage, didn't he? So, yep. I mean, we all know and we all want Hook to hold that fucking belt. Oh yeah, but you can't do another angle within Team Peter or Team Taz <laughs> Because you've just had Ricky Starts get it off Brian Cage, so it's like it needs to go out somewhere to come back in again. Yeah, that's how I would like to see it go. But what are your thoughts on it? How are you booting the FTW champ on Hook? Who's he going to take it off? Oh, now this is what we're going to talk about next time we're live.
0: You're right, some sort of babyface who can be badly behaved, like CM Punk. Or Darby Allen or Sting <laughs> could, could get the FTW belt and you could have they could send Hook to go and get it back. Um, this match you know what man, it wasn't a bad match, but it really didn't get me going. I I've I don't even remember any of it, other than Ricky Stark's winning with a Rochambeau Which is a great name for for his finisher. Uh, Starks and Hobbs put the beat down on Seidel after the match, Lee Moriarty came out for the save and they battered the shit of him as well and then Dante Martin came out to face off with Hobbs who starts no-selling pretty much everything he does until he finally gets him toppled out of the ring but he topples out really kind of clumsily. Dante Martin versus Hobbs is going to be a good fucking match, man. I'm looking forward to that.
1: Okay, final match of the show, final match of the week. AEW women's title match. Britt Baker, DMD, defending against Riho. This was a good match for the most part. There was a couple of points where it was let down a little bit. But this was given more attention and more of a build in the previous matches. But I feel like this could have been a big pay-per-view match when they were saying Britt Baker is that not- Been able to defeat Riho before. So, for the match, there was a lot of shenanigans, and this is one of the ones where it really fucking lets it down for me. Rebel and Jamie Hayter causing distractions, getting involved. Fucking this fucking referee, Paul fucking Turner. (laughs) Anytime he's in a match with this lot, he's been good lately, but when he's been in a match with this lot, he always catches them cheating and he does fuck all about it. What about the rules? Like when Britt Baker was locking in the locked jaw, Riho grabs the ropes. Britt Baker tries to get him away, and then Jamie Hater and Rebel start fucking clawing at the hands of Riho to get him to break the grip of the ropes. Referee turns around, sees the two of them, he's just like, okay, fair enough. And I know Tony Khan doesn't want fucking matches ending in a DQ fucking come on I'm a sweaty mark you've ruined the illusion for me I'm fucking 29 year old (laughs) sitting watching the wrestling I want to be engaged in it you're ruining it for me you're showing me how fake this shit is chuck the two of them out anyway so we get that and then fucking what happens Jamie Hater throws a belt in the ring Rebel goes in to take the belt out that Jamie flung in Referee's like, whoa, Rebel, what the fuck are you doing in the ring with a belt? Get the fuck out of here. Now, I'm going to throw you out. Never mind that you clawed Riho's hands when she was going for a rope break. Now that you're in the ring with the belt, you need to fucking leave. And Britt Baker's confused, saying, what are you fucking idiots actually doing? Riho kicks Britt Baker into Jamie Hater, hits her with a Northern Lights suplex. Did she hit it? I think she hits it in Britt Kicks out. That's right. Then Britt Baker fights back, gets the curb stomp, gets the lock jaw, Riho taps out, and still your AEW women's champion, Britt Baker. What the fuck happened with this match? I say I liked it, but there was some things that you just can't ignore. But I liked Riho playing the numbers game, trying to fight back, getting the upper hand now and again. You thought fucking hell you know Britt Baker's never beat her before
0: <laughs> maybe she
1: still won't beat her maybe we'll get a new champ but we didn't what we thinking on Jamie Hayter is she going to turn on Britt Baker or have they made up it looked like at the end of the show they've made up and there's more than one woman's belt now Jamie Hayter could go for the TBS Women's belt but well, I'm done that was a lot of wrestling but we're not done we've still got dynamite predictions so give me your thought on this match and then we'll do some Dynamite predictions.
0: Yeah, it, it was it was all right. I can't really give it much more than that. I, a battle of the belts, right? I really enjoyed the Sammy Dustin match, but I hated the stipulation. I hated the fact that it was for a belt. I mean, I guess the clues in the title with the show, but there you go. Um, so that came with a caveat. Ricky starts match side out. Wasn't that bothered on it, right? That's that. Could have done without it. Um and this match, to be honest, didn't do it for me. So overall Battle of the Belts was just a bit of a flop for me, really. Um, which is a shame. what have I gotta say? I mean, Jamie Hater Um there's a bit of tension there, a bit of the end, she hands of the belt and the hug. Um so is this gonna be a Jamie Hater Brit Baker feud or is this gonna be a Jamie Hater Rebel feud, because I think it might be that one. And Jamie Hayter kicks Rebel out of the group. Then what does Rebel do after that? Nah, maybe that's a dumb idea. Maybe that's a dumb idea. It was the only idea I had written down. So this is where I'm at. Um, I thought, I mean, Britt Baker kind of won clean and that the finish was clean, but the rest of the match wasn't. So it's like a Davy Nitro clean.
1: Right, we've got Dynamite. I'm just going to rattle through the matches and rattle through who I think is going to win. Hikaru Shida versus Serena Deeb. I'm taking Serena Deeb because I don't know why. I just like Serena Deeb, and I think she's going to win. Sheena. Okay, powerhouse Will Hobbs with Taz versus Dante Martin with Leo Rush. Why the yeah. fuck is Leo Rush back again? Yeah. What is what's happening here? What is happening? I liked that fucking Dante Martin signed with Team Taz. And then I liked Dirty Dave Nitro saying, "Well, he's signed a contract with Team Taz. This should fucking play into it." But it didn't, they've just, it's like they went for it and they've just shat themselves and they went back on their booking. Yeah, Fair it. enough, change your mind, but you're insulting our intelligence now. For the match, I'm taking Powerhouse Hobbs for a win.
0: Yeah, I gotta agree. I think it's gotta be Powerhouse Hobbs. I don't know if it's gonna be clean, but it's gonna get done.
1: Next match, CM Punk versus Mr. Mayhem Wardlow. I'm taking Wardlow. Because I need to.
0: I'm taking Wardlow, but by DQ. Like I mentioned before. Wardlow by DQ. MGF interferes and scalps Wardlow to get back at Punk.
1: And the last match that we've got announced. Sammy Guevara versus Danny Garcia for the TNT Championship. I think this will be event. I hope it does. It'll be a good match. But I think Sammy will retain. I think Sammy will have like a good few title defences... And then Cody's just going to come back and pump him in minutes. And I'll be laughing my tits off when he it does.
0: It's got to be Sammy. I mean, there's no way Danny Garcia wins it. It's Sammy all day long.
1: Right, so I've heard by now, WWE have done a load more releases, but it's been mainly NXT backstage staff. So it's never good to hear cunts losing their jobs. But I'm excited because I think we could get some good stuff here. We've got Road Dog. He's been let go, well, I don't think he's been properly let go from WWE just NXT producing but it would have been good to see no, in fact I think he is because he tweeted about it, sorry I'm talking to myself, Road Dog teams with Billy Ass and the Ass Boys for an 8 man tag match, give that to me <laughs> another one, Samoa Joe I don't think he's came out publicly on Twitter and said anything but Talking to other people and other people and other people backstage, he is wanting to make a return in ring. Where else would you fucking want to be than AEW? That forbidden door, some Joe just fucking kick that door off and then walk away for it when it goes to dive off the top rope at him. Loving it. Give me some more, <laughs> Joe. And finally, William Regal, although he's not a properly active wrestler, he's not been in the ring in over four years. He's only 53 years old, he could still have a good few matches, he's not injured, I don't think he's retired due to injury, he's just retired because he's a fucking smart guy and he's like, young, this is a young pups game, he can get in, he can do the fucking sting roll, tag match, every now and again, absolutely give me William Regal on AEW, what are our thoughts? Is there anybody else that I've missed? What about they three guys? Would we want to see them in AEW or yeah, Impact it. or anywhere else? Other than that, thanks Mikey, thank you listeners and thank you Tony Kant for providing us with weekly sports entertainment. <laughs> Everyone else, mind what you're doing and take care. Randy Phil out.
0: Randy Phil out. What a shill! A shill! I would be buzzing to get some more Joe. I think they'd be daft not to pick him up. Impact would be chomping at the bit for him as well. Um, We've got William Regal. I don't want to see William Regal wrestle. I want to see William Regal manage. I want to see him as an on-screen persona, but in a more managerial role. Maybe he could do the Sting role and have a couple of matches. Uh, Road Dog. Yeah, why? Why not make him one of the ass boys? Fuck it, why not? I don't really want to see Road Dog wrestle in 2022. But I'd like to see Road Dog on my wrestling television shows for sure. Well boys and girls, sweaty marks, glorious shaggers. That's it from me. Take care, catch all our stuff everywhere you can get it. Go on the link tree, you'll find us all there. Snapdragon duplex Mikey Mac Oot